Well, today we're going to continue uh, a series that we've been in. I believe this is, this is going to be part four of our series entitled Toxic Emotions. And uh, we all have them, and we have been looking through the book of Proverbs, which is wisdom literature in the Bible, and, uh, and basically just saying, all right, God, deal with us. And so we've been talking through some of these things and applying the wisdom of the scripture to some of our own toxicity, okay? And uh, so just in a little bit of review, in week one, we talked about anger and, and how to get anger out of your life, and, and, but really how to uh, properly appropriate anger in our life to the right things so then we don't have the energy to be angry about, honestly, the stupid things. And so, and then the week two, uh, we tackled the topic of jealousy, and, uh, and how that can just really wreak havoc, because the scripture tells us that jealousy will rot you from the inside out. So eventually that jealousy comes out, and, and the death of it, it does manifest in our outer lives, but it starts in our inner world, so we, we discussed jealousy. Last week, we, we looked through and talked about temptation and overcoming temptation in our life. And now, like always, if, you, if, you're, if, if you're like, now, like one of those I probably needed to hear, you can always go to newlifeforkokomo.org. All of our messages are archived online there, and you can get caught up on the series if you so choose. Uh, but last week, we discussed this, this really, really important topic of, of temptation. And so just to review a little bit about what we talked about last week, then we'll launch into new content for today. Now, I gave you eight ways to overcome temptation. I, I could have given more, but uh, eight I felt like was palatable. And then the first thing when it comes to temptation is the example we get from Jesus when he was tempted by the devil himself was that you have to know the word. You have to know the word. Jesus always responds to temptation with, it is written. And so we have to know the word. You can't say it is written if you haven't read it. I know, it's so practical, but you gotta read it to know it. Um, this, and the, the second thing we said is when it comes to temptation, when temptation is, you're facing temptation, uh, what do you do? <laughs> run! You gotta run away. You, got, you just gotta run, run, run away. And then third, uh, pray. Jesus says pray that you don't fall into temptation. Uh, four, you have to make some changes. And, and, and Jesus says it like this. Uh, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And so we had an altar call last week for everybody that was really serious about Jesus. And, uh, but obviously it is, it's, it's symbolic. It's, 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 Jesus is illustrating the truth that if something is causing you to sin, you have to cut it away. You have to make changes in your life. So there might be apps on your phone you need to delete. There might be contacts in your phone that you need to block. There might be places that you need to stay away from. You, you probably need to keep alcohol out of your house. You, you know, there, there are changes you need to make so you don't have to struggle and fight with those temptations. So make changes. The fifth thing is you have to strengthen your, your thought life. But we are renewed by the transforming of our minds. And so uh, not, not allowing a fantasy to like just overwhelm our thought life because like you, you don't cheat on your wife because you just woke up one day and decided to cheat on your spouse. No, you, you began, you ended up there because it started as a fantasy long before and you spent too much time pondering on that temptation until it became a reality in your life. So you have to strengthen your thought life. Six, you need accountability. You need people in your life that will straight up just be like, hey dude, you need to get your act together. I love you, but this ain't right. Or, or just to check up, hey, we had, a, we, had a, we had a strong conversation a month ago about our personal struggles, how are you doing? And then allow them to ask you, well, how are you doing? And then you ask them at the end, are you lying to me? 
And, and be honest, accountability, accountability. Uh, 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 having that kind of relationship where there's no shame that you can, you can confess your sins. The Bible says confess your sins to one another and be healed. And, and number seven, be disciplined. So you gotta exercise the ability to say no to temptation. And when you, when you flex that muscle enough, your strength to say no uh, weakens the, the, that pull to say yes to temptation. Um, the, you know, I'm sure you've heard the story how there's two dogs on the inside of all of us. Did you know that? There's, there's a good dog and a bad dog, and they're constantly fighting each other. Well, there, there's your spirit and there's your flesh, and, there's, and Paul talks about there's this constant tug of war between what you know you ought to do and what you ought not do. And so this is the, this illustration of temptation. There's this fight going on inside of you when you're resisting temptation. So there's these two dogs, the good dog and the bad dog. And do you know how you get the good dog to win? You feed the good dog. You starve the bad dog. So if you want to beat temptation, you need to be disciplined, and you need to stop giving in to temptation and feeding your flesh. You need to keep feeding your spirit with some of these things we're talking about. And number eight, you can overcome uh, temptation with God's help, that he gives you the, his Holy Spirit to empower us for this life. So that was all last week's content. Um, and, but today, we're, I'm going to talk tackle another uh, uh, problematic area in our lives that maybe we don't address very often, but the Bible's very, very clear about, very, very forward about, and today we're going to talk about laziness. Laziness. When I, look, when I read through the book of Proverbs, I found about 20 verses that were specific to laziness. The sluggard, the lazy, the apathetic. And I, you can't read that and not feel a little convicted. I'm like, we, I'm like we, we need help with this in our lives. So laziness is the habit of resting before you're ever tired. <laughs> you, you wake up and you're just like, well, it's almost lunchtime. I might just take a break. I've not done anything yet. Or another way of saying is laziness is taking a break before you've ever really done anything. I think it's break time. In a single day, in a week, in a month, in a year, people make a variety of different wages and salaries. Um, but, but, but time is the equalizer. It's fair. We all have the exact amount of time in a day. An hour is the same for you as an hour is for me, but the decision that, that each of us have to make every day is whether we will use it or snooze it. And I am a snoozer in the morning. Amen? This is how bad I am of a snoozer. If I have to be up at 6.30, I set my alarm for 6. Because I know I need to hit that snooze a couple times. You remember the old alarm clocks? They always snooze for like ex nine minutes. Why nine? I don't know. Um, but I think my iPhone snoozes for 10 now. I, I don't know. I'm not really aware of the world at that moment. But because I know I'm a snoozer, I, I need to slowly wake up. I, I, do, I plan for it so I can be up at that time. So, but we all have the exact amount of time. An hour for you is the same hour for me. An hour for, for, for me is, this, is the same hour uh, that Elon Musk has. 
and, and the, the same that some high performer has. They have the same time as I have. It's, whether, it's how we use it or snooze it. And people are snoozing all throughout their day, and they wonder why they don't get enough completed, enough accomplished. So of, um, Thomas Jefferson, he once said that, uh, he said, determine never to be idle. It's a wonder how much can be done if we're always doing. Use it or snooze it. It's, an, it's, it's amazing how much can get done. Of course, in the earliest times of the United States, laziness was considered to be a vice or, 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 or a luxury. Uh, th- this was, after all, a, a new world where hard work could make your dreams come true. If you didn't spend, that is, too much time dreaming, hard work could make your dreams come true. Uh, NBA basketball star Kevin Durant, this is what he says. He says, hard work beats talent when talent won't work hard. And that's good. There's a lot of talented people, and, but they're not winning but the hard, hard work beats talent every time when talent won't work. And oftentimes what separates success and failure is, is, is often not skill, but it is ambition and determination. Many times we, we might look at someone else's life and say, man, if I could be successful like them, as if they have some kind of, like, golden nugget of skill and talent in them that you can never possess. Like they just might have, they were just born with it. They likely weren't, but they learned how to work hard. And so, so hard work beats talent when talent won't work hard. So that's often what separates success and failure. Not skill, but ambition and initiative. But I would tell you this, that God deserves our best. He does. Biblically speaking, we don't work for man. We are working for God. Everything we do is unto him. So that means that your employer should get your best, your customer should get your best, your client should get your best because you're doing your best for the Lord. We don't work for man. We work for God, and God deserves our best. And God rewards hard work. It is godly and it is spiritual to be a hard worker. After all, no one, I've never met someone that said, I worked hard and I regret it. Because God rewards hard work. But every time when someone says, man, I procrastinated, I wish I didn't. I wasted my time, I wish I didn't. I wasted years of my marriage, and I wish I didn't. I wasted the younger years with my children, I wish I didn't. I just got lazy about it. I snoozed instead of using it. So laziness after all, um, sometimes when people become stressed and they feel overwhelmed with the amount of things they have to do, um, 
it actually, the, the overwhelming amount of things to do actually causes them to procrastinate more. Like, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm just going to, the, I just need to rest. Again, laziness is resting before you've ever actually done anything. And then the laziness actually just perpetuates the stress in their life. And now Sabbath is really important, which is resting. But it's the wisdom and the, the knowledge to know when it's time to work and when it's time to rest. If you work when it's time to work, then you can rest when it's time to rest. Instead, when we procrastinate and we become lazy, now we can't rest when it's rest time because now it's crunch time and now we've just compressed time. We, now the pressure has compressed. Now the stress has increased because we have less time to do what we needed to do in a, in a matter of five days. We're trying to do it all in one. And so laziness actually increases stress in our life. If you're lazy with your budget for too long, guess what? You're going to be very stressed. If you're lazy in your relationship with your spouse, eventually you're going to be very stressed. And some people think, man, if I work hard, it's, it's going to be stressful. It's actually the reverse effect. If you work when it's time to work, you'll have the satisfaction of what you accomplished and rest when it's time to rest. So again, I look through the book of Proverbs, I, I see 20 or maybe more verses just in Proverbs that speaks to the uh, area of laziness. Uh, and so, uh, so we're going to go through a few things today. You might be lazy if. And now it's important to note that when you listen to a sermon, maybe even a good one, that you listen for yourself and not your spouse next to you. <laughs> or your teenager next to you. Okay? Can we all do that? Would you listen for you? All right, all right. You might be lazy if you struggle starting your work. Well, okay, work time. Well, let me make a cup of coffee first. A cup of co coffee, then work. Okay, coffee. Yeah, come. Okay. Um, let me, just, let me just check my notifications real quick. Okay. okay, time to work. Second cup of coffee. Second coffee, let's go, okay. Restroom, if I use the restroom, I'll be ready to work, okay. And then you might you struggle, you might be lazy if you struggle starting your work. Here's what Proverbs says, Proverbs 24. I went past the field of a sluggard, a lazy person, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense, Thorns had come up everywhere, the ground covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied to my heart what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. And that's the lie. It's just a little bit. I'm just going to leave a little early. I'm just going to show up a little late. I'm just going to cut a few corners. I'm just going to rest a little longer. I'm going to sleep in just one more hour. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you. The lie of just a little, just a little overspending, wait just a little longer, and your fields will be covered in weeds because here's what I've learned. Weeds don't stop working. 
It's amazing. I wish that we could figure out how to make grass grow like weeds. Like there's got to be some way to engineer grass that can grow with no water in the blistering sun of July and August and still grow. But weeds have this unbelievable ability to grow when no one's, when, with, without any intervention, without any help, they continue to grow. So, and, and here's the point. Weeds are, can, will continue to work even when you're not. So, we, so how do you keep the weeds out of your life? Well, you have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined. You have to be consistent. You can't procrastinate because weeds are always at work. And the weeds are always at work in your finances. The weeds are always at work in your marriage. The weeds are always at work in your relationship with your kids. The weeds are always at work in your business. The weeds are always at work in your spiritual life. So this is why being disciplined wholly in our life is so, so, so important because if you begin to let off the gas, the weeds continue to work. And if they outwork you, then poverty will come upon you like a thief in the night, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. It's never a good outcome. Uh, Proverbs also says in 14.23, it says, all hard work brings a profit. You like that word. But mere talk only leads to poverty. So I know you want a profit. You want a profit not just financially. You want a profit in your relationships. You want a profit in this life. Hard work always brings a profit. So number one, if you struggle starting your work, then it's time to get started. It's time to get started. Number two, you struggle to finish what you started. Well, I heard some shrugging. No, no elbow knocking, okay? You struggle to finish what you started. I think we've all been there, right? Like, it started off as this great idea. Like, I am going to organize this closet. And so you pull everything out in the hallway. And then a few days later, you're like, man, there's still that stuff in the hallway. <laughs> and now I've just been stepping over it. And no, it's a, we don't, you don't finish what you started. And here's what Proverbs says about that for us. Proverbs 20, verse 4, it says, Sluggers do not plow in season. So at harvest time, they go looking, but they don't find anything. There's nothing there. They didn't finish what they started. Proverbs 19, 24 says, A sluggard, a lazy person, buries his hand in the dish, but, but, he, uh, but will not even bring it back to his mouth. So it is a job half complete. You put your hand in the dish, but you didn't bring it to your mouth. There was, so you did half the work, but no reward. Half the work, no taste, no, no accomplishment. Completing half a job is still an unfinished one, is it not? And it doesn't pay to delay. It does not pay to delay. It pays to, see, like we all get motivated to start a project because we're excited at the idea of the project. Then you're halfway through and you're like, 
this actually really sucks. I am not having fun right now. This is not fun. Why did I choose to spend my day? Or you get into the project and you bump into a couple, you have some turbulence. Like, I did not foresee that being a problem in this, in this little project. And then you don't finish. And then it becomes problematic. So um, that is a hand half in the dish, but never to the mouth. Uh, it doesn't pay to delay. Number three, you over-prioritize me time. I just need a little me time. I just need to take a break. I just need a break. I just need to take a break. I just need to take a break. Laziness is taking a break before you do anything, though. Again, the importance of Sabbath is a priority to work when it's time to work, but then to rest when it's time to rest. If not, if you over-prioritize me time, you don't get done what needs to be done. And having you time, having time to recharge, is essential, which is the principle of the Sabbath. But if it's you time all the time, well then something is getting left behind because the weeds are always at work. So you don't over-prioritize me time, but schedule it. Prioritize it, don't over-prioritize it. Uh, number four, you have undisciplined sleep patterns. Yeah. To stay up too late and sleep in too much does not lead to a productive lifestyle. I know you didn't come here for me to pick on you. I'm not trying to pick on you. But staying up late, sleeping in too much, always decreases productivity in our lives. And, uh, and teenagers, I know, I, I, know, I know you must struggle because you're, you're growing uh, young people, and I get it. You need your rest. I get it. So go to bed early. That's, all I, that's what I think. <laughs> Nobody stays up late to do anything smart, and no one wakes up early to do anything dumb. But rather, we stay up late to do something dumb, but we wake up early to do something smart. We wake up early to be ready for work. We wake up early to exercise. We wake up early maybe to have devotions with the Lord. We wake up early to be productive because the early bird gets the, gets the worm. That, right? The waking up, I know that like, I'm not necessarily a morning person, but I'm a morning person. In other words, like, uh, I like waking up early enough to feel productive in my day. Like, uh, waking up early, I feel like I got more margin in my day. So that gives me time to maybe take a walk or to exercise or to uh, be in the office before anybody and, and kind of like get my list all right and, and focused and, and agendas prepared. Like, I like waking up early because it gives me margin in my day, but I don't like waking up early if other people are around. Does that make sense? Like, like, I'll be awake, but I don't want to be, like, awake enough to be, like, happy. <laughs> but it does give me an incredible sense of having a productive start to my day. Uh, it gives me a great sense of having margin in my day instead of showing up right on time. Um, for, for years, I, I, uh, before I was in, in full-time ministry, um, I, I was in management, 
and in our, in our company, uh, you could be 14 minutes late and not be late. Our, our, our tenants policy was generous. We're like, but at, if it was, if you were due at work at 7 a.m. and it was not 7.15, you were late. 7.14, you were considered on time. And I would have employees notoriously hitting that clock at 7.14, like riding the line. But here's what they're doing. They would hit that clock at 7.14 and then go to their locker, get their coat off, put their lunch in the refrigerator, go use the restroom, go make a cup of coffee. Now it's 7.30, 7.40. I'm like, yo, where you been? Look, I wasn't late. I'm like, yeah, but you weren't ready. You're not ready to work. Now, now you're on my clock. Like, you're on my payroll and, and, and because you weren't ready. So like, but I always had such value for people that I'm like, hey, it's only 6.30. What are you doing here? Oh, well, I just like to get everything kind of situated and ready and get the restroom and, and get my coffee going, and then that way when I clock in, I'm ready to go. And to, to, to people in management, it's like noted, mental note. Now I'm looking for a supervisor. Who am I going to look for? I'm going to look for the one that was ready and prepared because they can know how to get there early. So um, no one stays up late to do anything smart, and no one wakes up early to do anything dumb. And so... Uh, Sleeping patterns. Uh, this is what Proverbs says. Proverbs says a about sleep. So listen closely. Proverbs 6, this is what it says. How long will you lie there, you lazy person? <laughs> Maybe you said that this morning when you're waking up your teenager. When will you get up from your sleep? A little, and he repeats what we already read somewhere else. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Proverbs 19, 15. Laziness brings on deep sleep, and the, sh and the shiftless go hungry. In other words, uh, 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 laziness perpetuates um, laziness. The more lazy you are, the less you want to do. Motivation leaves if you don't use it. If you can leverage motivation, you actually gain more of it. It's, 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 it I know, it's unbelievable. Um, I, you know, I've gone through cycles in my life when I've got really serious about my physical health and, and, and getting to the YMCA in the morning, and I'm like, if, and I always tell, tell Jenny, I'm like, I'm like, man, if I can just... For two weeks, just be disciplined for two weeks, I'm locked in. If I can eat right for just two weeks, I'm locked in. Because motivation creates more motivation if you use it. But laziness, if you use it, creates more laziness. Does that make sense? That's been my experience. Laziness brings on deep sleep. Proverbs 26, 14, this is what it says. <laughs> this is funny. As a door turns on, the, on its hinges, so a slugger turns on his bed. You're going to use it or snooze it, baby. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Proverbs 20, 13. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. Wake up. Get to work. Be faithful. Be consistent. And like I said, you will be noticed for your hard work. Number five, the last one, and then chicken noodle time, okay. 
but not before a little bit more Jesus. Come on, get your head straight. Number five, you make excuses for incomplete tasks. You make excuses for incomplete tasks. Well, you see, I'm, I'm just not as sharp as someone else. Or, well, I just, you know, uh, I don't work like everyone else works. Well, you see, I, I need the right tools first, and then I can. Or, I didn't have, well, I just didn't have enough sleep. Or, I've just not been feeling like it, and I'm going to get to it one day. I know it's important, but making excuses for incomplete tasks. Matthew 25, Jesus tells a parable, and he says, again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So essentially in this parable, there is this wealthy man. He's going away on a journey, and he distributes his wealth to three of his servants while he's away. And to one of them, he gives five bags of gold. To another, he gives two bags of gold. And to another, one bag. Why different values? This is why. Because he gave according to their abilities. Their abilities. He knew their capacity. If he gave five to the one, he'd stress them out. So he knew their capacity. He gave, he distributed his wealth to them according to their ability. And so then after dividing his wealth amongst these three according to their ability, the master then goes away on this long trip. The one who had been given five bags of gold immediately took those five bags and he, and he went and he put that money to work. And by doing so, he earned five additional bags of gold. Now he has ten. Your math is really good. The man who was given two bags of gold, when the master went away, he immediately went and put those two bags of gold to work, and he gained for himself two more bags of gold, four. And the servant that was given one bag of gold knew that the master was a shrewd man, a hard man. So he buried his one bag of gold in the dirt so that when the master returned, he would say, I still have it, I didn't lose it. And then when the master returns from his trip, he's, he comes to settle accounts with his three servants. And really to find out, hey, I left you with my wealth. What'd you do with it? And so to the man who had five bags of gold, he says, hey, what'd you do? He says, I earned you five more. And so, so the, 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 the man says to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Now come and share in your master's happiness. And then to the man he gave two bags of gold, he says, hey, how did it go? I earned you two more. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Hey, where's Steve? Hey, he's over here. Hey, Steve, come on in. Hey, uh, how'd it go? Well, I know that you are a hard man okay, and you, you reap where you don't harvest. In other words, like, you're really good with your time and your talents and your abilities. And so, uh, so I hid it in the dirt, and I have it right here. And he goes, you scumbag. You could have at least put it in a deposit bank and earned interest. And this is what he, this is, and this is what he said. 
I don't have the scripture on the screen, but Matthew 25, 26, it says, you wicked and lazy servant. This is what, the, this is what he says. You wicked and lazy servant. Take the bag of gold from him. Get it, take it from Steve. No, it's not in the Bible, I made that up. Take it from Steve, take the bag of gold from him, and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has, for whoever has will be given more, and throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's, that seems a little harsh, Jesus. I thought you were full of loving and kindness. Well, here's the thing about laziness. Whether we like this or not, laziness is a sin. That's what it comes down to. It's because God has, God is the master and he's gone away on a long journey. And he's left his wealth to each of us according to our ability. But as we read, ability can grow. And so he has given each of us a certain number of bags of gold. That bag of gold might come in the form of Chrysler. It might come in the form, or, or Stellantis, sorry. It might come in the form of Borg Warner. It might come in the form of the restaurant that you might work at. Whatever that, whatever that ability is. But that's God's to you. And to be lazy with it and to bury it would be wicked and lazy, the master said. So really in all of us, when it comes to our laziness, we have to repent and then change. Because God has given each and every one of us and he, not just given, entrusted us with a portion of his wealth that if you are faithful with a little, he'll give you more. And when I was younger, and I was 19, 18 and 19 years old, I, I moved out of the house when I was 18. I moved 700 miles away from my home, and I lived in the, in the back part of a barber shop, and I worked a third shift job stocking freezers in a grocery store because I was pursuing uh, what I felt was God's call in my life to be a pastor. And so to do that, I, it's this whole story, and I did this thing. And, and, but, but every day, I worked third shift so that I was free to serve at the church for free uh, at my leisure and throughout the day. And I would go with very little sleep, but a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work. Every day, I would walk into my place of employment, and I would say, God, help me to do the work at the best of my ability and beyond by the power of your Holy Spirit. Because I don't work for man, but work for you. And then, and then I used to have this graph paper that I did a written budget on. I made $8.10 an hour, and I lived completely on my own. And uh, that was fairly decent money for then. Uh, well, it wasn't, but <laughs> minimum wage, I think, was five twenty-five at the time, and I was at eight, eight ten. I felt pretty, I per felt pretty privileged. But I do a written budget in my graph paper, and all along I would say, he who is faithful with a little will be given much more. He who is faithful with a little will be given much more. So where are my controllable expenses at? And, and, and what am I going to do? And I'd show up to work and say, he who's faithful with a little will be given much more. And my manager would say, hey, anybody, uh, it, you know, if you get done early, you know, you're free to leave. And so people start working really fast. But then there's also the people that work really slow. They're like, well, I want to get my eight hours, so I'm going to take my time. I didn't work fast. I worked faster. And then said, manager, where can I go next? Well, go help so-and-so. And I'd go help so-and-so. Well, 
I'm done. Where can I go help next? Well, go help so-and-so. So I go help so-and-so. And then I start showing up, and they start going, get out of here. What are you doing here? I'm trying to milk this for all it's worth to get overtime or to get, I'm like, I'm like, let's go. What needs done? They're like, slow down. I'm trying to milk this out. But that was just my mentality every day. God, you gave me this $8.10 an hour job, and I'm going to maximize it. Because he was faithful with a little, will be given much more. And therein lies our complaint. God, I want more. God, I need more. God, why won't you bless me? Maybe because we've not been obedient with the first thing he gave us, and we buried it. Because ultimately, laziness is a sin we need to repent of. Because he's entrusted us with his wealth. No matter its portion, it's still God's wealth. But there also comes a promise that it will multiply if you put it to work. And then, when he sees your hard work, he'll say, you know what? Just take, take, the, take that over there from Steve and give it to them because they're good for it. They're good for it. And when, because if you were an owner, you would entrust your wealth to someone you know is good for it. So how do you get more? Be good for it in the little bit that you have right now. And consistently over time, God will bless it. And I'm not a wealthy man. I may never be. But I am rich. God has blessed my life. He really, really, really has. And, and I just invite you today to allow the Holy Spirit just to do a little bit of a check. In what areas on our life have we been a little apathetic, become maybe a bit of a sluggard? And maybe you're a great worker at work. But maybe when you get home, you check out just a little too much. And you're leaving your spouse sitting there going, wise work always get the best of you, and I get what's left of you. I've been there. I've been there. I'll go all in and have nothing left. Because I've overworked and not rested. So it is a balance, but we need to work when it's time to work and rest when it's time to rest. Would you stand to your feet with me? God, in this moment, would you show us the areas of our life where we can grow to be faithful with what you have given us? And in this moment, God, we're, we're, uh, church, right now, we're just going to sing one last song together. And as we sing this song, I pray, allow the Holy Spirit to show you areas in your life that you need to continue to improve on and get better. God, you're worthy. We worship you. Let's worship one last time together.